Hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. Who is one of the worst presidents of all time? Are we talking most recent years or what are we looking at? I'm talking about Andrew Jackson. (laughs) I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily wine and talk about musicals. Welcome. Wine is a double on time. Bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson, that is. Everyone just screamed at us. Everyone just screamed. (laughs) We can't hear you. (laughs) Nanny, nanny, nanny. So we're talking about bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson. Isn't he the guy on like the $5 bill? Yes, but he's arguably the worst, one of the worst, let me correct myself, one of the worst presidents we've ever had in American history. Among Nixon? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And others who have been impeached. The ones who have musicals about them? (laughs) The ones, oh, yeah. (laughs) Not not mainstream musicals, of course. Mm, mm, Yes. Is there a mainstream musical about him? No, there's not. Yeah. Oh, just just you wait. Just you You wait. wait. Hey, Emily. Hey, Charles. What are you drinking? Protico Sangeves di Romanda. Romagna. It is a uh, 2013 red wine. It's from pretty. The 2013. Where is this from? It's from... Italy. Oh, I was like, it's from Prosciutto di Parma, but no, that's Ooh. what to enjoy it with. Mm, I love <laughs> yes, Prosciutto. Yes, it is Italian red wine. Yummy. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are you drinking? I'm drinking the same thing, thing. except straight from the bottle and not in a glass. Okay. Nope. Nope. That's how COVID is spread. That is how COVID is spread. Hey, Chelsea. Yes, Emily. What are you whining about? So I was in the middle of singing my solo, and here we go. I was in the middle of singing my solo at church this morning, and I had a coughing fit, and... (laughs) That's why you have to wear a coffee filter. (laughs) A mask. It's in our swag store called God. Coffee. Well, thank you. Uh, so I, I started to cough in the middle of, he will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. And I got, like, I'm, I'm actually, we have plexiglass dividers between us and the congregation, but the, the child that's being baptized that day was sitting right there below me and the parents are just like shielding him from me and I'm like I'm not I can't spit on you I have a plexiglass but I literally I just got over a cold I did get tested it's not COVID but everybody's giving me side eye for having a cough there's some viral just common cold situation circling the arts community right now Ugh. so many I know so many people who have gone to get their COVID test because they were showing cold and like allergy symptoms and they have all come back negative yeah including me that's why i'm like i'm snotty right now yeah we're all snotty but this is just like this is normal for november but i will say it's been weird to be sick when um haven't been sick in nine months because i've been inside away from other people yes (laughs) exactly it's like really fucking awful allergies allergies what's that Hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. What are you whining about? This is kind of a sparkling wine. Yay, you're going to enjoy this. Sparkling. I have, well, it's because I'm, you're going to yell at me. Um, oh, speaking of bloody, bloody things. Oh, no. I, have I also been, just started my period. That was not what I was going with, <laughs> but I had a feeling that you would. Um, I have been 
obsessing over this podcast called Let's Not Meet. Oh. I don't know how I got... I You know what? I do know. Christine Schieffer was a guest on it and who was from in, uh, and That's Why, That's we, why drink. we Drink. I love that podcast. And so I was like, oh, it's oh, neat. I'll go listen to this. And this guy, his name's Andrew Tate, reads stories that like people will post to Reddit about real oh. life, true crime or creepy things that has happened to them about people not paranormal but people i didn't know you could make that into a podcast i just it's do that brilliant. regularly it's brilliant it's brilliant good job andrew like i wish i had thought about that because it was a brilliant idea um but it has made me very uh i'm not necessarily scared but it's made me much more aware of my surroundings vigilant, <laughs> vigilant. no just i'm very aware of my surroundings yes. right now all the time um, as a female, I feel like I'm always just aware of my surroundings. Have, yeah, but, but like the, more so now. The stories that like the, <laughs> the people who like, oh yeah, they looked like a normal guy, and then suddenly they were crazies, and I'm like, but also mm. just the amount of like actual crazy people out in the world who seem very normal and that you would meet in very normal circumstances. Also, it shows a lot of people um, when these things happen to them, they don't report it. So, anyways, let's not meet. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast. Okay, let's get into some bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson. Bloody, bloody. I'm Not ready. scabby, scabby. Not scabby, scabby. Because uh, he likes to literally, he literally likes to bathe in blood in this musical. Oh, now he's a vampire? No. Andrew Vampson. We'll get to it. You'll understand in a second some more. Okay. Tell but, me about that background. I'll go ahead. And, I, I've never seen this musical, so I'm very excited to hear about it. So all my background is what I found interesting about the people and I'll, involved. I'll tell you before we get started here, my only background or my only um, history with this musical is I went to see it when some high schoolers did it at <laughs> Theater. I love when it's just like some, some high schoolers. Those kids are very talented, and I was blown away by their production. In this little tiny, it was like the size of your living room, yeah, little tiny, tiny place. It was a fantastic show, but I'm pretty sure they cut some shit out. Pro- probably. I'm pretty cut sure some, they did. Cut some shit, cut some blood. Cut some blood. It is a comedic historical rock musical about the founding of the Democratic Party, portraying Andrew Jackson, who is the seventh American president, as an emo rock star. And the story focuses on populism. Yeah, yeah. The Indian Removal Act and his relationship with his wife, Rachel. The music and lyrics are by Michael Friedman. And the book is written by Alex Timbers. So Michael Friedman, may he rest in peace, he is actually a founding associate artist of the theater company, The Civilians. And he won the 2007 Obie Award for Sustained Excellence. In the months leading up to the 2016 U.S. presidential election, he actually was very involved mm-hmm. as a composer for uh, the presidential election. So it's just funny that he also did this musical. I he, don't think it's funny. I think it's like absolutely. he You know what he stands for. It's, it's appropriate. Um, yeah. So he traveled the country creating a series of songs based on interviews he conducted. Those songs became his State of the Union songbook, which was presented by the New Yorker Radio Hour. He also wrote the score of uh, Anne Washburn's Mr. Burns, a post-electric <gasps> oh, play. That's so good. So it is a play, but um, the third act of it is all sung. That is a crazy show. It's a crazy show. Pretty much if you don't know that show, it's these campers who who are uh, living talking in a post- ab- post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, they're living right? in a post-apocalyptic world where they're talking about like a Simpsons episode about Mr. Burns. 
and uh, what was it's the guy who tries to kidnap Bert. Yeah. And then pretty much the second act is like the new world where they're redoing this story. And then the third act is them actually like acting the story based on what they could remember from the first act. So it's not actually the episode. Well, it's like the the Simpsons episode becomes like a a Bible in in the new world. In In the the new new world. Yeah. So Mr. Burns' post-apocalyptal show is so funny. I wish I could remember what the the character's name was because it was Mm. really weird. It's that really weird kind of, uh, it's the antagonistic character who keeps coming back. Um, but unfortunately, Mr. Friedman did die at age 41 in what? September 2017 for <gasps> HIV oh. aid uh, complications. Fuck. Yes, but after his death, he received a star on the playwright's sidewalk at the Lucille Lortel Theater in 2018. Hmm. Um, he did work with Alex Timbers quite a bit, but uh, and Alex Timbers was the director of the Broadway production. Alex Timbers, you might recognize that name from recently because he was actually the director of Beetlejuice. At the same time, he was also the director of Moulin Rouge. Which did you know, because of COVID, Moulin Rouge is like literally up for every single Tony right now. Well, Moulin Rouge was also where the first case of like COVID came up of why theaters needed to right. close. Okay. I, mm, I have opinions. I did We're going to move that, on, though. but I, I have opinions about Like somebody, that. Uh, what, the guy who played, what's his name? What's his name? Oh my gosh. Tavet. Aaron. He's up as like best man. The only He's the only person, person nominated, nominated for a Tony. Yep. We're like, congratulations, the I The Tonys this year are just going to suck, y'all. Yeah. Because we're like, okay, Moulin Rouge is up for everything, and this is a shit, shit show. It's not necessarily a shit show, but they, okay, it's the like there's sucks. other shows. There's other shows, and the album sucks. Anyway, I have opinions. You can cut this out. It's fine. But it's fine. Alex Timbers also directed Oh, Hello, oh, hello. on Broadway, starring John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. It's on Netflix. I actually watched oh. it. They have a podcast. They, they say everything like it's the accents on the wrong syllable. Oh, I love that. It's so funny. I love that so much. Um, it's, you should go watch it. It's okay. very funny. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. And they're like, this is from the set of Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <sighs> um, but he has also directed several other shows. Uh, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. Jackson. I knew I was going to do this. Jackson. I like, I knew, knew this was going to happen. I cannot say the word Jackson. Uh, the world premiere was August 2006 in Williamstown Theater Festival, a.k.a. WTF what? in what Mass- yeah, in Massachusetts. I looked up their website and they're like, <laughs> WTF this, WTF that. I'm like, oh, that's funny. And then um, in May 2007, it premiered at the new, uh, the new 42nd Street Studios by the New York-based experimental theater company. It's more French. Le, Le Frere. Le Frere Corbusier. It was good. Thank you. Um, we just recorded Les Mis for next month, for next week. <laughs> Surprise! We're doing Surprise. Les Mis next week. Um, and this was actually a group that was founded by three Yale grads, which included Alex Timbers, Aaron Lemon Strauss, and Jennifer Rogian in 2003. Then another premiere happened in January 2008. Um, it premiered, the show premiered at the Culver City in Culver City in California at the Kirk Douglas Theater. Then there was a New York premiere. Woohoo! The New York premiere, it, uh, it opened off-Broadway May 2009 at Public Theater. And you know if it's at Public Theater, then it's going to be good. It's going to go to Broadway. Yeah. Usually with 
New York premieres, like if it's off Broadway anywhere but public theater, it never really quite makes it to Broadway because oh. it already had a New York premiere. Um, why would Broadway want, you know, something's already premiered? But for those shows that are quite good, it they do move over, mm-hmm. like Hamilton and like Putnam and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yes, it did premiere at the public theater. Um, and it was a concert version, but then it returned to a normal run March 23rd uh, through June 27th of 2010. And then it went to Broadway, Broadway at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater with previews starting September 21st, 2010. And then it opened October 13th, 2010. And then it actually only closed after 120 performances. After it had really great positive reviews and like, oh, it's gonna get a Tony, it's gonna get a Tony, like Mulan. It really, gonna get a Tony. it should, it should have. It was, it's a good musical. But it closed January second, twenty eleven. And that is, that's so sad. This is, this musical is really fucking hilarious. Now, whenever I hear about this musical, I always hear about it happening in small theaters. Yeah, but I was, I was expecting a cast of maybe like six or seven people but it is still quite a big cast yes especially because it's so short so but a lot of the people can play multi-characters yeah um the characters include andrew jackson which on broadway opened as benjamin walker clay is bryce pinkham pinkham bryce pinkham Mm -hmm. calhoun who i have a lot of feelings about john c calhoun is played by darren goldstein and then storytellers christine nielsen red eagle greg hildreth John Quincy Adams, we've heard about him, <laughs> as Jeff Hiller. Lynn Coya is Cameron Ocasio. Martin Von Burrell is Lucas Near Verbrugge. Rachel is Maria Elena Redmirez. James Monroe, who we also have heard of, is Ben Steinfeld. Elizabeth is Kate Cullen Roberts. Female soloist is Emily Young, and male soloist is James Barry. There's a lot of people we don't really know, and maybe that's why it didn't do so well off-Broadway, because you need, like, a name to carry you on Broadway and these Andrew days. Andrew Jackson wasn't quite it. but it wasn't quite and the name. these characters, but I will say, or these actors yeah. were not quite... Like, when I saw Ben Steinfeld, I was like, there's no relation. But a lot of these um, actors actually reprise the role from off Broadway. Mm-hmm. They just kind of transferred over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then again with the team, I think their biggest uh name was Alex Timbers and Michael Friedman still, but Alex Timbers wasn't a name yet. He's mm-hmm. a name now. He is now, yeah. But the t- the creative team, it was written by Alex, the music and lyrics by Michael. The director was Alex Timbers, choreographer Danny Mefford, set designer Danielle or Danielle? Yeah. Danielle uh Wirrell. And costume designer Emily Rebholtz. So maybe the reason it didn't have such a long run was because of it, oh, the racism. it started having some controversy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and I just I just heard the term cancel culture again, which I completely forgot that was a thing. Oh, that's definitely a thing. But I do feel like maybe this fell victim to the cancel culture. And the thing is, is that like they're making fun of Andrew Jackson being a racist son of a bitch and all these people being racist sons, sons of bitches, they're making fun of it. But if you, if you see it out of context or you see, or you listen to one song out of context of the show, then you're going to be and like, Oh, be, yeah. I don't like it. I just saw like the, U- the YouTube production that I bootleg watched. <laughs> the, the production that you saw. <laughs> the production that I low key saw on YouTube. Um, recently to remind myself of what the show was, there was a comment from a woman that said, ah, 
racism, right? This is so racist. I was like, you didn't watch the whole thing. You don't really get what's happening here. It's like Twitter would say something along the lines of fake news. Yeah, that the was that was kind alert. of it. The the person who who had posted the video wrote back to her kindly and said, "You know, this was actually a show from a year ago that we love and adore and yes, you should take it up with the writers if you have an issue with the content, but um the, we're we're just a little regional theater. Yes, contact <laughs> contact Alex Timbers, please. He'll get back to you. Yeah, he'll get back to he you. He has a he has a bomb ass Instagram though. He's he was I saw a post of him like on the Beetlejuice set. Um, the original off-Broadway run actually was criticized by the Native American community at large, and then the production in Minneapolis in June 2014 faced public protest by New York Native Theater. That makes sense, because at some or, point, the, the Native Americans are um, portrayed to be agreeing and cool with Alex, with, with not Alex, uh, with Andrew. Andrew Jackson, yeah. With Andy. <clears throat> with Andy. Let me say this name again. Uh, new Native Theater. At the Fountain Theatrics, uh, a student organization at Stanford University dedicated to musical theater and performing arts, they canceled their production of the show for fall 2014 uh, semester due to the pressure of Stanford American Indian Organization, uh, which, okay, I guess it's school. It's kind of, there's like that conflict within the schools, so Mm -hmm. I see how that could have happened. But Raleigh Little Theater actually canceled... Uh, the production in their 2015 season, and they replaced it with Hedwig and the Angry Inch. That's surprising for Raleigh. That's uh, North Carolina. That's in North Carolina, yeah. Oh. Because of the support of the local members of the Native American community who were against doing the show. So they changed it to Angry Inch. But it being quite uh, quite a positive response when it was off-Broadway, um, it, it was nominated for several several awards, but it only won uh, for Outstanding New Off-Broadway Musical and Outer Critics Circle Awards in 2010. And it also won the Outstanding Book of a Musical for Drama Desk Awards in 2010. But then it was nominated for the 2011 Tony Awards for Best Book of a Musical and Best Scenic Design of a Musical. And then it was nominated for the Astaire Awards for Outstanding Choreography in a Broadway Show. And I will say the scenic design, if the company that I watched followed what they did on Broadway, I'm pretty sure that they did. It's sort of like there's like this trash barricade like in Les Mis. Like, <laughs> this is when we record backwards. Middle. We're always yeah. like, what we're referencing the episode of next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which brings okay. us into the show. Here we go. We're going into bloody now. Bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson. The show opens when the cast is dressed in 19th century American cowboys and prostitutes. Take the stage. Oh, it's like our ghost tour costumes. It is our ghost tour costumes. <laughs> uh, they're led on by Andrew Jackson. And I will say, I did not watch the Broadway version or the off-Broadway version. I watched a regional theater version, very bootleg. Um, <laughs> We're going to get, like, pinged. No, I feel like they should be in trouble for having this posted. Like, the person who posted it, I'm pretty sure, is the director or the assistant director. So, and I will say this, you cannot... You're not supposed to film. Thank you for filming because then I wouldn't, I, I'm able to watch it. But also, um, 
when you film a show, that is illegal. And they even say that at the top of the show. So whoever posted this, this is obviously a cast member who posted it because I saw the comments and he's like, oh my God, y'all, it was a year ago. He's a cast member. Wait, so he left in the recording the part where they said you can't record it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no flash photography, no no videos, please. And that was at the beginning. Because it starts the show with all the characters on stage. Like the audience, it's kind of like Once on this Island where the audience is interacting with what's happening on stage. All these people are just kind of walking around and meandering. They're having conversation before the show starts. In their emo rock outfits. In their emo rock cowboy and prostitute (laughs) outfits. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, hey, don't fuck this up for anyone else. Turn off your goddamn cell phones or we'll find you, basically is how they start the show. And now it's on YouTube where you too <laughs> might be able to find it. Uh, so anyway, all of these people are led by Andrew Jackson. They're led on stage by Andrew Jackson. They sing about their eagerness to strip the English, Spanish, French, and most importantly, the Native Americans of their land in the U.S. Among with this, they, they sing the desire to bring political power back to the public and away from the elite in the song, Populism, yeah, yeah. Things. One, two, three, four. Populism, yeah, yeah. Populism, yeah, yeah. This is a great song. Uh, and I wrote down some of the quotes here. And just, just so we all know, so just so we're all clear, populism is a political approach that strives to appeal to ordinary people who feel that their concerns are disregarded by established elite groups. So, and just to clarify... Um, Some of the things that we're talking about, we're hearing about in the recent election about how um, Republicans are not what they used to be and Democrats are not what they used to be. Uh, I agree. (laughs) This is a very different approach. So, yes, Andrew Jackson did start the Democratic Party, but not under good terms, not under great terms. And now there's been a huge shift in what being a Democrat means and what being a Republican means. Okay, so now populism is really noteworthy in the Republican Party. You see a lot of this, like, grassroots kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Like the the Southern guys rising up. That's that's a lot of what we see in Republican grassroots um, uh, support, is, is what I'm seeing right now, is the people trying to take back. It's really like the Green Party, the Independent Party as well, is what I, it's kind of what that fits into. Populism is a, a government for the people, not for the elite. And not that the Democratic Party nowadays is elitist or the Republican Party is elitist. They're all elitist. But <sighs> nothing is really for the people anymore, if we're being quite honest. Anyway, that was socialism. Socialism. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's our land anyway. Populism, yeah, yeah. One of the quotes that I, that I really liked is... Um, we're going to take back this country, sometimes with guns, sometimes with speeches, too, and other things in this song. Podcast. <laughs> and then one of my other favorite quotes was, we'll take the land back from the Indians. We'll take the land back from the French and the Spanish and also other European countries, too, and also other places. I'm pretty sure it's our land anyway. This, this girl. land is our, our land. land. It's not your <laughs> land, even though it's been for thousands of years. So it's just a bunch of stupid people basically coming on stage going, yeah, we're going to take Europe and we're going to take France and we're going to take the, our land. The, the land. I'm just going to take a wild guess. And they probably had Southern accents. They, 
I mean, you'd think because they're cowboys. Well, it's like, because that's like the thing is like Southern accents. When I was living in England, they talked about this a lot. Like, what's the most stereotypical dumb person accent? They're like, it's a Southern accent. We're not stupid here in Texas, but there are a lot of stupid people here. Anyway. a lot of stupid people everywhere. Everywhere. So happens. But I think like the South feels super disconnected. In this show, the South feels disconnected from the governing bodies in the Northeast because they are so literally far away from each other. And that's what drives a lot of this. Physically, literally. Physically and literally, literally far away from each other. <laughs> so they feel like they're being left out. And they just want to say in their political goals here. So we're, after that song, we open on Jackson's childhood uh, in Tennessee. In the Tennessee Hills. Hills. Heels. The Heels. <laughs> Uh, during the late 18th century in the next scene. And there's, you know, it's very proper sounding at first. Like, they're like, oh, Andrew, dear, would you please go? Or I guess Southern acts. Andrew, Andrew, dear, would you please go and blah, blah, blah. It's very, like, proper. It's this, it's a Charleston, like, Southern Belle. Yeah. Andrew, dear. Andrew, dear. Can you go and get some hot water? Would you please go and get some hot water? Until... The hot water is thrown on the cobbler's face. He's like, ow, my fucking face. Ow, so, my fucking face. No, no, no. He breaks character to ow. say, ow, my fucking face. <laughs> so Andrew Sr. is torturing this shoe cobbler just like as he rants about not being taken care of by the, politi- the political party up north. He's like, he's got this, this shoe cobbler in his house and he's like dunking him into the hot water. He's like, ow, my fucking face. And he's like talking about how we need to rise up against those stupid northerners rise up rise up and uh his family andrew jackson's family and the local shoe cobbler actually in this scene after talking through all of this how we need to rise up they all die of cholera oh and indian attacks oh his wife is in the middle of a sentence and then she falls to the floor and dies and the reaction is holy christ it's the cholera son <laughs> it's very campy. Like this whole show and this is very is Andrew campy. Senior. So this we haven't Andrew actually. Senior. So Andrew Jackson is the child. We've seen Andrew Jackson. He's in this scene. He's, he's like, he's like, Daddy, what happened baby. to mommy? Holy shit! He she just died of cholera, son. So she, her mom, the mom, is like literally like, let's go out into the creek and <laughs> falls to the floor and everything turns red around her. Uh, so then we move into. This is one of my favorite quotes here. Before we go further, this is our land. This is what the father says right before he dies. This is our land. And even the land that isn't our land shall be our land. So pick up a goddamn rifle. And then he dies. Andrew, this is his father, like, right before he dies. The Indians, in this version I saw, the Indians actually come out after his brother has been shot by Indians. His dad has been shot by Indians. His mom has died of cholera. And the shoe cobbler is dead, too. They all die oh on top God. of each other in this one little five-second scene. The Indians come out and dance to the Sugar Plum Fairy song around Andrew Jackson taunting him. Like from the Nutcracker? Yeah. So this is why I'm is saying... The, so here's the deal. This is a regional theater. Yeah. This is a regional theater that I saw perform this. And I'm pretty sure they did some pretty illegal things. Now, that is open source because that it's, composer, it's free, domain. it's free domain, and that Who's composer the, has been, Tchaikovsky, okay, has like, been dead that? for a while. So yes. you can use Tchaikovsky. Um, but later, there's some other stuff that comes up that they use. They, they source music that I don't know if they got permission to use. That's so, why, like, everyone can do Nutcracker no yes, matter who you are. Exactly. 
So anyway, all of this terrible stuff that just happened to him leads to Andrew joining the military where he, at the age of 13, where he is imprisoned by the British. Jackson begins to express his disdain for the U.S. government's lack of involvement with the people on the frontier and how he wishes someone would stand up to them in the song, I'm Not That Guy. <laughs> My family's dead and I can't see a way to carry on. At the age of 13. It's like, somebody stand up, but it's not me. <laughs> so a lot of this information is told by the fangirl or the storyteller. This, this, it's this fangirl who's like, I love you, Andrew. And she's Tell literally me. telling the audience what's happening in between all this shit that happens on stage. So she's funny. She's like the narrator from Joseph. She is the Only narrator, except she doesn't groupie. really sing. She's a groupie. Yeah, okay. 100%. Um, and that comes up later. Okay. So in this song, I'm Not That Guy, it's just like his grungy age 13 song about I'm not that guy. Life sucks. And my life sucks in particular. It's just a <laughs> stupid, funny song. Okay, Fall Out Boy. It is basically Fall Out Boy. And I just love this song. It's so stupid. Um, so yeah, he's talking about how life sucks, but I'm not that guy to go like change anything. That's not me. I'm not going to go do it. So then Jackson is then shown as a young adult. He's he's growing up a little bit and he's regaling the local tavern goers with his short meeting with George Washington. How so, do they do the age thing? Do they give him like a the, hat? No, he's same like they have a young Andrew Jackson and after his whole family dies, then it's it's, it's sexy Jackson. Actor. It's sexy Jackson. Okay. Well it starts off with sexy Jackson and then it's a little boy in the scene and then it's sexy Jackson from there on out. But does he is it the same actor or is yes. it okay. So he goes from being sexy to being like I'm five. Little, little boy. And then he's like, I'm 13. And then like, I'm hot again, but I'm only 13. Yeah, the 13-year-old is the sexy Jackson we see at the beginning. So then when he becomes a young adult, it's the same 13-year-old. Yeah. With, okay, so he's just, it's the same actor. It's okay. the same actor, but it's it's like like an Adam Pascal kind of character who has like this grunge sound, poppy grunge kind of thing. And he's supposed to be like the <laughs> sexy man. He's like, glory. he's supposed to be the sexy dude. Like okay. Andrew Jackson is supposed to be hot. Okay. Because you want to root for him, but he's such a dick. Like Christie's. He's a fox. He's a fox. He is a, he's supposed to be a fox in this. So Jackson is then shown as a young adult. And he's in the tavern talking about his interaction with George Washington. And he's like, and then I told him, please tell Martha to keep the bed warm for me while you're out blowing guys. What the fuck? He's like making fun of George Washington because George Washington is one of the elitists that he thinks isn't, doesn't stand for him. Oh so, God. yeah. So he's like trying to play big here. And as he's calling Washington gay, a Spaniard hears him and is upset by it. One of the Spaniards in the bar. No one's doing anything about it. Everyone around here's all pissed off, but no one's taking a stand. So I guess then that it's, I guess then that it's up to me. Uh, Andrew Jackson is then attacked by several Spaniards uh, in the bar and Jackson defeats them, but is injured in the process. The word Spaniards is disclaimer. This is used in the musical. This is one of the, the upsetting controversial things in the musical. The blood will bleed out. The sweat will sweat um, forth. How can I be that guy? 
how can I be that guy? But Andrew Jackson is injured at this point. And he comes across, and this like literally just happens. He ends up with this woman. This happens so fast. So he like defeats this, the and then ends up with this woman. She's like, oh no, and now I'm with this woman. woman. And this woman, <laughs> Rachel, is helping him recover from his injuries. It happens like fast, like that. Mm, it's just faster than Marius and Cosa. I guess not. But they fall in love in two seconds during his recovery, and they eventually marry. And though Rachel is not yet divorced from her current husband, oh. she still marry. She wants to marry Andrew Jackson. In the song, illness is a metaphor. That illness is not metaphor. So why do I feel sick? Um, some of the quotes from this song, the stupidest quotes. A wise woman wrote, illness is not a metaphor, so why do I feel sick when I look at you? And also, they, so in this song, <laughs> they are bleeding themselves. They are literally cutting themselves and bleeding themselves, and then they look up at each other, and Andrew says, isn't this an early 19th century medical procedure? And then she looks out at the audience, why, yes. Yes, it is. What the fuck? This is a fucked up song. So they're bleeding themselves and like literally so spilling blood. it's time blood. to get it to be bloody. Yes. They're, they're spilling blood into this bowl and like rubbing blood on each Ew. other. So Andrew's shirt, his white shirt is now red <laughs> and bloody. And so it's like, it's not blood. It's a metaphor. It's, <laughs> it's not blood. It's a metaphor for how I feel about you. What the fuck? <laughs> One of the lines is, if you feel like you might throw up, it's a metaphor for how I feel when I think of you. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you think the show uses more blood than Evil Dead? No, no, okay. not at all. They don't spray it on the audience. But Susan Sontag's dead. So I guess her cancer wasn't metaphorical after all. Sorry. Okay. So it's just this stupid love song where it's like really bad metaphors. With blood. But illness is not but a metaphor. Illness is not a metaphor. Oh, it is a metaphor. Illness is a, a metaphor. Okay. That's the name of the song. Illness is a metaphor. Like, I feel sick when I think of you. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'm going to throw up, basically, because, like, ugh. At the end of the song, the news comes that the British, Indian, and Spanish forces are making advances into American territory. Meanwhile, the U.S. government continues to do nothing to stop the attacks. Jackson realizes that if he wants his cycle... This cycle to end, he must change things himself. In the song, I'm So That Guy. Sometimes you have to take the initiative. Sometimes your whole family dies of cholera. Sometimes you have to make your own story. Sometimes you have to shoot the storyteller in the neck. So it's the same song, I'm Not That Guy, but now he adds the word so into it. And, and takes out not. <laughs> right before he sings this song, the fangirl is explaining what's happening. And he turns to her and points a gun at her and shoots her. <gasps> shoots at her. Oh. And she's like, she falls over. He's like, shut up. I got this from here. I still love you, though. Yeah, basically. Oh, yikes. And, and he's like, I'm so that guy. Now I'm ready to fight for what I believe in, is what he's saying, basically. Okay. Sometimes with guns, sometimes with speeches, too. I will make them all bleed. And, like... This is one of the lines from the song. A couple of the, the lines from the song is, sometimes your family dies from cholera. Sometimes you have to kill everyone. Yikes. So it, this musical is so dumb. I Andrew love it. Yikesen. Andrew Yikesen. So Andrew's going to go fight 
He organizes a militia to remove the Indian tribes throughout the Southeast, both by force and negotiation in the song, Ten Little Indians. Ten little Indians standing in a line. One got executed, then there were nine. Okay. Um, may I say, this song is sung by a female soloist just off on the side. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's the narrator, sometimes it's not. And it is the most disturbing song because one by one, she sings about how these 10 little Indians are being taken out. <gasps> like, um, 10 little Indians standing in line, one got executed, and then there were nine. It reminds me of, and this is so terrible, but like the 10 little monkeys jumping in the bed. It's supposed to be. Oh, yeah. okay. It's so supposed it's, to be very uh, much, very much like that. Yeah. Uh, um, and Jackson, let me, Jackson is not, he's not a hero in this, y'all. Andrew Jackson is an asshole throughout the entire musical, but he is portrayed as a hero but we're making fun of him, like very obviously making fun of him throughout this entire thing. So it's kind of like this like anti-hero situation. Not even. Like he is not a hero. He's just not a hero. He's a hero to the people who think that he's a hero. He's a hero to the people who want to take back our rights. Okay. Basically. Like we see a lot of today. I hate this. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Nothing to be done. He went and hanged himself, and then there were none. So he's such an asshole. Even though Monroe has just said Indians can keep their land, Jackson is throwing a hissy fit at all of the chiefs. James and Monroe. James Monroe has he's the president, the current president, and he's like, Indians can keep their land. And Jackson's like, uh, fuck that, and then starts negotiating or taking by force the land of the Indians in this song, during the song. Um, one of the lines within the song, Jackson, like they go between 10 Little Indians and then they cut to negotiations and then they go back to the song 10 Little Indians and then they cut back to negotiations. One of the negotiations, um, one of the Indian chiefs is like, well, I hear that you throw in special prizes, special, you know, like treats. If we say yes to you, he's like, fine, I'll throw in some beads and a dozen smallpox blankets. What the fuck? And the, the Indians are excited about it. Like the Indians okay. are on his side at that point because they don't know what a smallpox blanket is. Oh my God. But like, that's literally how they took out all of these Native Americans were um, smallpox blankets and beads like i'll trade you a bead for your land basically so that's that's the history behind that if you didn't know that yes that literally happened so he's he's an asshole he's like andrew jackson is like okay so we've just traded lands now and you guys are like totally with me and against the spaniards right and he the one of the indian chiefs is like bro fuck the spanish in the song in this song so he's he's getting the the Native Americans to be on his side for a battle coming up and also taking their land at the same time without them really understanding what's happening. So I think that's that's why there was so much pushback from the Native American community yeah. on this musical. I, and I, I, they're not in the wrong. They're not in the wrong here, no. And what happened to the Native Americans is absolutely horrifying. Anyway, moving into the next section here. In the aftermath of of Battle of New Orleans, Jackson is now a national hero. 
And these are just some of the some of the quotes from the song uh, or this little moment with his wife. Um, conversations with his wife here after this is sometimes I'm not on the battlefield and I'm covered in blood and suffering from dysentery and diarrhea. I think of you. Uh, and then she says, Andrew, we need to stop bleeding ourselves. They're like sitting there, like They're still cutting, cutting themselves? themselves. That's just what they do. Oh that's my like, God. that's how they relate to each other. They just want to cut themselves. And that's why they're so bloody. That's, that's why they're so bloody. This musical is a bloody mess. It is a bloody mess. Not as bloody as some, but yes, it is a bloody mess. She's like, Andrew, we need to stop bleeding ourselves. I did not leave my husband to be called a whore and have an even more fucked up marriage with you. And she's that. like, promise me you'll stay here with me and all of our awesome slaves. Oh my God. So they're in the South. They're in Tennessee. Yeah. And Andrew Jackson had a lot of slaves. He fucked the Native Americans. He fucked the Spanish. He was a horrible human being. And his wife is like, oh my God, but stop fighting people and stay here with me with our awesome slaves. It just, they're making fun of everything right now. I hope nothing in this episode gets taken out of context. Please don't. <laughs> Do not take Listen anything to the full out of episode, please. The narrator actually has come back to life at this point. Oh, she's like, oh, hey, I'm back. Hey, I'm back. I and still then, love you. But then she gets kicked in the face. And, oh and then the show goes on. Wait, who kicks her in the face? I don't know. Some some narrator. One of the other men narrators. Other men. Yeah. I was like imagining A Andrew man. being like, oh, you're back. Yeah. But, I mean, one of his one of his uh, followers kicks her in the face oh and says, God. now I'm going to take over narrating. Oh, that's so, the male soloist. Oh, I see. Yeah, the male okay. soloist. The male they, soloist. They go back and forth. So now John Quincy Adams, Henry Clay, John Calhoun, Martin Van Buren are all in the music, in the musical I saw, um... The bootleg version. God, <laughs> Stop they, saying bootleg. <laughs> excuse me. The YouTube professional Don't filmed the, version the I saw. The one that you saw it online. <laughs> In the online regional production I saw, yeah. all of these... <laughs> uh, all of these um, future presidents are brought on stage... <laughs> With some like disco music, and they're oh like, God. they're like, they're like dancing to this introduction, and then John Quincy Adams does a death drop, and I thought that was really <gasps> sick. I loved it. So I'm just, I just cast Regina Thorne Dubois as, as John, John Quincy, Quincy Adams. Adams. Yes, but as it would be Reginald. Is that is that her alter ego? Yes, but yes. actually, John Quincy Adams could be played in drag. I would, I would cast, I would do that. I would absolutely do that because. John Quincy Adams is supposed to be a little bit more effeminate. I think Regina owes as a death drop. She does own as a death drop. They're introduced. All of these men are introduced, and they are expressing their concern over Jackson's unauthorized territorial expansion. He's, like, killing Indians. He's killing the Native Americans. He's killing everyone to get more land. Because he, they took our land. Well, that was his, di- his dad's dying wish. Basically. More or less. He's yeah. Like, it's like, reminds me of Ricky Bobby. He's like, if you're not first, you're last. You're last. Basically. He's like, that's my entire life. That's kind of He's Andrew like, Jackson. I was high. <laughs> that's Andrew Jackson yeah. in, a, in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the, he's being interrogated. Andrew Jackson's being interrogated by these men. And one of the thing, one of the quotes is, um, where are all the Spaniards? And then Jackson's like, um, I killed them all. <laughs> Snot bag. Like, he's like, you're welcome. Jesus. So there's this gigantic battle. Okay. That's happened, right? Um, I want to say it's the Battle of New Orleans from before. And we're just kind of jumping around here a little bit because yeah. the show does jump. And um, 
It's like Andrew ignorance. Jackson, like out of nowhere, he sees this Native American child named Lincoya who has lost his parents. His mom and dad are dead because what happened to them. Andrew Jackson slaughtered them. Um, but it's like Thanos here. Lincoya as a baby is usually like a doll. Okay. It's, it's like a little tiny doll. So Andrew Jackson decides he's going to adopt this little Indian child, this little Native American child that whose parents are dead. Yeah. And so as he goes to talk to the uh, John Quincy Adams, Henry Clay, Calhoun. So as this is happening, he's got this little doll in his hand and he's like, and you don't understand he's not killing it he's just like bashing this baby doll doll. like it's nothing and the 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 men all stop they're like what's with the baby he's like i don't want to talk about it and then walks off so he adopts this child and uh calls him a complimentary souvenir for from battle for his wife yeah. I am and like, sends this child. Yeah, there's nothing good about Andrew Jackson. I want to throw up, but it's it's not a metaphor for love. It's not a metaphor <laughs> for love. This is such a funny musical because they are making fun of this awful man the whole time. Okay, oh my gosh. okay. He's supposed to be this like hero in the show, but he's an awful human being, and he keeps like whining about everything through the whole show too. Oh, shocking! Shocking. Because uh, a man is whining. <laughs> so Jackson rebuffs uh, the pleas of of John Quincy Adams and all of them, explaining how he has driven out the French and the Spanish while acquiring more land than Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas Jefferson's coming home. <laughs> to no land because Jackson, Jackson keeps stealing it. Taking it all. Uh, so Andrew Jackson becomes the governor of Florida. Of course. Shocker. Of course. No offense to Florida, but of course. <laughs> <laughs> he becomes the governor of Florida and decides to run immediately for the United States presidency in 1824. And although he receives the most popular and electoral votes, he is not elected president due to the political maneuvering in the House of Representatives in the song, The Corrupt Bargain. And now, an explanation of The Corrupt Bargain, which took place in the back halls of Washington while no one was watching. It's a lot easier to corrupt things back in the day. It was, because, like, you didn't have people checking you. (laughs) So John Quincy Adams wins the presidency, and his his reaction is, Oh, my God, I'm the president. I'm so excited. I never win anything. Same. Same. I know. Same. I feel that, John. John Quincy Adams. Uh, So Jackson is really pissed. He's really, really pissed, and he rants and is... He's ranting on stage about how mad he is. You guys just took the election from me. He's like really absolutely 100% whining on stage in the middle of the stage. And all of the the future presidents are uh, circling around him going and making fun of him and teasing him. Was like Barack is in part of that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like imagining. I was like, was there a Barack never Obama? Never going to be president. You're never going to be president. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> So they're all like circling him, making fun of him. And he's literally crying about being teased and not winning. And he he like, he's like, you guys suck. And basically walks off stage. And that's intermission. (laughs) I'm the president. (sighs) Intermission. I'm just going to start talking, Chelsea. Oh, my God, Emily. Do you know what I love? Coffee. I fucking love coffee. Even though when I texted you earlier, I was like, do you want coffee? You're like, no, I only like good coffee. Look, 
I don't know what good coffee is until I try it. Okay. Well, I tried coffee over cardio. Uh, This female-owned company offers high-quality coffees and creamers with no sugar added. It is gluten-free and keto-friendly. And you can get ground coffee, hydration supplements, and creamers. And again, with no sugar added. Right now, I'm actually drinking Workflow. It is their highly caffeinated coffee. Yeah, it is good. It is very good. I've been drinking it all afternoon. Well, you wondered why I was so hype earlier. It's because I've been drinking workflow, highly caffeinated coffee. So that's why you're in such a bouncy good mood right now. Yes. Okay. It's this coffee. Okay. It smells it great. It does smell though. good. It smells really good. Yes. But you too can get Coffee Over Cardio at coffeeovercardio.com and use promo code 10 dolls. Yes, it does sound like a brothel. <laughs> 10 dolls. That's one zero D-O-L-L-S. $10, just like a brothel, it will save you 10% off. It's so funny. But yes, you can use promo code $10 to get 10% off your first, oh, at all your orders at coffeeovercardio.com. Cheers. Olive's eating dinner. Excuse her chompy chomps. Chomp chomps. Chompy chomp chomps. So we're in act two. It opens back up and you won't see this on any recording anywhere um, or on any like Apple iTunes or anything, but they open back up on the reprise of populism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just such a catchy bop. Such a bop of a song. We sit there go like, populism, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm fine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Jackson spends the next four years after the election at his home in Tennessee uh, at what they call the Hermitage. He, uh-huh. he returns from political exile and forms the Democratic Party. Rachel is fucking pissed. His wife, <laughs> he's like, I have a new party. I'm pissed about it. She's pissed. They're married, and he keeps promising that he's going to stay home and, like, help raise Lincoya, this little Native American oh, like, child. Here's a baby. Goodbye. Goodbye. Wow. Basically. Yeah. So one of, the, one, of the, um, one of the lines that I loved was, there's nothing to do here except sleep, eat, grow tobacco, and wait for death. These past four years have totally sucked. God, Rachel. No, that's Andrew oh, Jackson. That's Andrew. That's Andrew. God, and Rachel. then Rachel's like, shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, she's like, you complaining? She's like, you're complaining. So he's a little crybaby. He's a little bitch. Okay. Yeah, he's a total bitch. And during the presidential election of 1828, Andrew Jackson becomes a surprise candidate in the song Rockstar. Ladies and gentlemen, Governor Andrew Jackson. Yeah. That's right, motherfuckers. Jackson's back. Okay. This is a fucking bop of a song. And one of the... <laughs> he starts off the song with, That's right, motherfuckers, Jackson's back. <laughs> one of the things he says to his, like... So it's like a rock star song. Like, he's on stage rocking out with all these, like, fans around him that are the people who are going to vote for him. The groupies. He's got all these groupies, and they're like... The fangirls are like, We want to fuck you! And we hate the tariff! Oh my God. <laughs> and like, he's like, you want to see my stimulus package? It's just like all of these like Q. Jackson's Baxson. Jackson's Baxson, bitches. So it's just, it's a stupid song, but it's so hilarious. It's like you're at a rock concert, except it's for politics. Ah. So this entire um, political campaign 
thing that he's doing right now to become president is grueling to both Jackson and his family. Rachel, feeling as if she has absolutely no private life, questions Andrew's love for her versus the American people in the song The Great Compromise. I always thought I'd live in a house with a dog and some kids and some slaves. Right at the door that said, welcome. The sign on the fence that said, private home, not an inter. So she's... That sounds like a historical thing. I. It does sound like... A historical thing because it, it is, is a it historical, is historical thing. thing. But she's also like using this great big historical thing, the Great Compromise, as a song to explain why she's pissed at Andrew. It's a great. It's actually a really great song. What a great literary device yeah. done by the writers. This of is a, Alex Timber. It's a really stupid smart musical. I, I'm going to say that a lot. It's I a love stupid, musical. stupid smart people who go to Yale. Right. It's a. It's a very smart. Smart musical. The way that the wording is really funny. It's like right with a W. <laughs> right? You give up nothing. I give up everything. You give up nothing. Days before the election, a Senate panel led by Clay investigates Jackson's past wrongdoings and accuses Rachel of bigamy. Bigamy? What's bigamy? Well, that's when you are married to two people at the same time. Uh, that was... I thought that was something else. No, she's okay. Oh, it's two so, specifically. So it's not polygamy. It's bigamy. Bigamy, being like specifically you're, two. Yeah, two. Got yeah, you. exactly. So Rachel is accused of bigamy because she never divorced her other husband before she married Jackson. Oh. And she's like, I don't want to be in the public eye. This is why I asked you not to put me in the public well, she eye. She just moved to Utah. And I mean, maybe not back then, but yes, now. <laughs> so. Rachel's being accused of bigamy, and uh, and it's like it's so funny. Like they throw all these other things out. Like, what about that that confusing thing with the American girl given to the Russian czar as a sex slave? And he's like, "Where'd you hear about that?" She's like, "We read it in a history book." He's like, "Was it footnoted?" No. Well, there you go. So (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of really terrible shit they throw out about him that's all true and he's like eh and all of his followers are like eh and then it's like bigamy and everybody goes <gasps> like bigamy is the bad thing come on bikes so whatever instead of yikes <laughs> yikes despite all of this though jackson ends up winning the election and he becomes the seventh president of the united states he could have been sixth he could have been Thanks. he was seventh i mean he eventually got there <laughs> However, the accusation of his rivals, along with the stress of the election, leads to Rachel dying of grief. Literally, wow. they say she dies of grief. And they're like, like the, the narrators are like, wait, you can die of grief? And he's like, yeah, that's the kind of shit that happened back then. <laughs> back then. <laughs> back Only then. back then. I mean, right now. So one of um, Rachel's dying words to him is, you've made your decision, Andrew. Don't fuck it up. Is that historically accurate? I believe that is historically accurate. (laughs) And he, Andrew Jackson, vows to use both his presidency and his wife's death as a mandate to take this country back in the song Public Life. Just when everything I wanted was within my grasp, the irony, yeah, the irony is killing me, this public life. Public life is exactly what his wife didn't want. So now he's singing about public life. It's so funny because like, I feel like sometimes uh, students nowadays are like, oh yeah, Hamilton, he is, he looks like Lin-Manuel Miranda and he rapped all the time. 
that's who Alexander Hamilton was. And then with this, they're like, yeah, Andrew Jackson. He screamed fuck a lot. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> and pissed off his wife. Kind of feels right. I mean. <laughs> the, he wore guy lighter. He wore that's guy. That's who he was. Yeah, this Andrew Jackson. It's Adam a Pascal. Lot of, it is Adam <laughs> Pascal, yes. <laughs> this trail is always leading to this door. So, once in office, Jackson is faced with a plethora of problems ranging from the National Bank to questions about in, uh, Native American relocation. Being the quote-unquote people's president, Jackson begins polling the American populace and all the executive decisions. So he literally looks at his fangirls who are sitting around in his office at this point and goes, what do you guys think about the terrorists? They're like, ah! Gross. And he makes decisions. He's like, well, fuck them, basically. And he's like, we're going to go with what the people want. And it's, it's literally just a bunch of stupid, you know, fangirls in his office that he's agreeing with because he wants to fuck them. Um, I'm pretty sure that's accurate, too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this, this draws the attention of Congress and the Supreme Court. In response, okay, here's what made my jaw drop. In response, Jackson consolidates executive power, thus making the presidency more powerful than Congress and the courts. Oh, so he's the one who fucked it up. He's for the everyone. one oh, who fucked it up for everyone. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Seven presidents in. He's yep. And he's done it. He's done done it. At first, his exhilarating cowboy-like governing tactics are met oh, with... Oh, yeah, I forgot he was a cowboy. He was a cowboy from Tennessee. Um, it, it was His cowboy-like governing tactics were met with great enthusiasm by the average citizen because they elected an average citizen. I'm not a politician. I'm just like you. That sounds familiar. But as the problems grow tougher, the public begins to resent being asked to make difficult decisions. I hate that, too. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what do you want for dinner? I don't oh, fucking, fucking know. No. Well, you decide. You're you're the people, and I'm your president. I will say that I always make the decision on dinner. Um, but that also is a crisis averted in the song "Crisis Averted." <laughs> crisis averted. He's taking a stand. Yeah, taking a stand. And the best part is everything he says is right. Some of the stuff that happens in this song, Jackson is like. Jack Jackson's for the people. He's like, Jackson's for the people. And what do the people want? Pizza. They literally decide what they want dinner. for dinner. <laughs> I think it's funny. You just made fun of that, but it's totally what they do. Oh my God. Um, I'm psychic, you see. So one of the other, one of my favorite quotes from this is, you speak Spanish. I also have several forms of hepatitis. I think it's funny that every <laughs> quote that you have read has been your favorite quote. No, I'm, I am literally writing out some of the quotes that made me guffaw. Yeah, guffaw. Guffaw. How do you spell that? I don't know. Guff. G-P-H-G-U-F-F-F-F-F. -F 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 I like P-H better than F. U. <laughs> F-U in L.A. G-U-P-H-F-U. F-U. Gaffa. Gaffa. As the American people gradually turn on him, Jackson takes stock of all that he's lost. Taking stock of what I have and what I haven't. Do you know what that's from? Thank you. Annie, get your gun. Be like before. It's never, it's never gonna work. 
So as the American people gradually turn on him, Jackson takes stock of all that he's lost, his family, his wife, and now the love of the American public. Uh, He decides he must take ultimate responsibility for the nation's choices and declares that he alone will be the one to make the unenviable policy decisions regarding the Native American's fate in the song the saddest song when it stops being fun and your patience is done and you see being president's hard and so i'll sing the saddest songs of enemies who did me wrong so andrew jackson then summons black fox who is an indian chief okay who organized the remaining indian tribes into a confederation against tennessee settlers in order to make one last deal with the Native Americans still living in American territories, Jackson implores Black Fox to peacefully move his people west of the Mississippi River. Black Fox asks for time to consult with his tribe, but Jackson violently snaps and decrees that federal troops will forcibly move the Indians west. So, wait a second. This He's like, truth. you're on American land Mm-hmm. move even though they're like yeah that's what they native americans that's what they said in the land. beginning they're like even that's our land and that's our land and that's our, even if it's not our land yet it's still our land but it's yeah our land their land too. our land was taken by force emily i'm curious the staging at this point what's happening like what's the set it's it well in the in the show i watched it was all the same set it, it was like never changed it was like trash pile it was still just trash piles. Trash pile in the center, bar over on stage left, and then they would like bring out tables every once in a while. So when they were trying to move Cheers. people west, were they moving them towards the trash pile or towards the bar? Uh, uh, they were moving them. I don't remember. I feel like I don't remember. Like metaphorically, metaphorically, they should be moving them stage right. To right the, to this. That, that would be the, the east. Trash, they would. The trash I think they moved them. <coughs> well, it was like a barricade slash trash pile, like yeah. in Lamez. So anyway, okay. near the end, the musical reviews Jackson's legacy and the views attributed to him. Some believe he was one of Americans' greatest presidents, <laughs> while others believe him to be an American Hitler. Hmm. The final scene shows Jackson receiving an honorary doctorate at Harvard. He reflects upon his achievements and his questionable decisions. The show telescopes out, and we get a bird's-eye view of Jackson's damning legacy and our collective culpability in the song Second Nature. The backyards, the driveways, the covered wagons rushing through the high plains, the motels on the canyon, they make us second nature. grass grows we take it we want it it's second nature to us Hmm. finally the company gathers to sing the song the hunters of kentucky before taking their bows and actually literally someone dies in the middle of the number and the response is god damn it it's the closing number Gentlemen and ladies fair who grace this famous city. And there stood John Bull and Pomp. Here was old Kentucky. And then they go on and they dance around her. What? Is the Hunters of Kentucky, like, is that specific? Is that a 
song that everyone knows, or is that a I don't song know. specific I don't know. to the musical? I think it's just, I. It might be a folk song. I don't. It know. sounds like it should be a folk song. It sounds like, like. Let me. Let me. Let me find sorry out. Sorry, I'm asking questions. No, it's a the Hunters of Kentucky, also called the Battle of New Orleans, and Half Horse and Half Alligator was a song written to commemorate Andrew Jackson's victory over the British at the Battle of New Orleans. So it literally is, it is a, song. a song that people yeah. know. Which... They attribute to Andrew Jackson, apparently. I didn't realize that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a folk song. So they have this whole musical attributed to Andrew Jackson, and then it turns out there's actually a folk song. Actually a folk song attributed to him. Wow. Because after the Battle of New Orleans, he was a national hero. Huh. So, uh, and the people recognized him as a national hero. And then he became the people's president and then, like, really fucked a lot of people by doing that. Both literally and, and physically figured, and figuratively. Yeah. That's bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson. A lot of people die. It's a, it's a satire about this terrible, awful human being who just wants to take more land for the American the country. Bloody, bloody yikes. Bloody, bloody yikes. Jeez. But it's it's actually a really funny, it's a really funny satire, um, but I can see where people can get really offended really fast. Yes. Because a lot of really bad shit went down, and they are literally spelling it out on stage as as factually as possible, and it's terrible. Ten Little Indians is really like the it was the cringe of all cringy cringeness. It's listen to the whole song. It is a cringy song, um, and literally they cut away from the song to talk about the negotiations with how he's going to fuck over the Native Americans. Cringe, cringeworthy, cringe. Like everything about this show is cringeworthy, but it's presented in a way that you know what the writers stand for. Like you know who they are and what they stand for. But what will they fall for? Oh, we just covered Hamilton, who we love and adore. And now we ha- have covered Andrew Jackson, who we do not love and adore. Are we, what presidential, 1776 next? You know, we probably should have done that one, huh? At some point. At some point, yeah. We want Michael Kushner to come back for that one. But we've had one very, very awesome person. We lift him up high and then one very not awesome person. And then we have hairspray. And then hairspray. (laughs) Well, I mean, talks about times. Yeah. Anyway, so it's been a really interesting month. But yeah, we have this, this, well, we still have one more coming up next week. We do. And all of this has been super relatable to what we've been going through this month. So thank you for bearing with us as we express our discontent through musicals. (laughs) (laughs) Because if if you're not... Offended or angry, then is it really then we're useful? not doing it right. We're not doing this right. Uh, <laughs> speaking, I wanted to go back to the whole cringeworthy thing, because if you want to see more of our cringeworthy content, you can actually go to patreon.com, where hey. we have all of our bloopers. You have to be a Patreon member, though, to do You that. have to be a Patreon member. At $5, you have access to all of our bloopers and one more <laughs> stories that are super cringeworthy. Um, and you can find that. All on patreon.com slash wines and dolls, where we would like to also thank our patrons, Allison, Sydney, Noah, Brandon, Victoria, Mama Lang, Mama Hardy, Mama Keen, and Andy. You guys rock. You guys rock. Unlike Andrew Jackson, who you, just yeah. rocks in the yeah. emo way, that's but it doesn't actually rock. This, this, musical, rock. this musical is a bop, but you guys are much cooler than this musical. <laughs> 
You can also find our patron link on our website at www.winesanddolls.com where you will find links to submit your uh, listeners' stories and your own rants and wines. And you can also find links to all of our platforms and our social media. We are on social media at Wines and Dolls across all the social medias that you can possibly want and need. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, please go up and press subscribe. If you... um, and if you enjoyed this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please scroll down to the bottom and leave us a five-star review and leave us a note. It will help us in the algorithm so that we can be discovered. And when we get discovered, we get more listens and we get more listens. We get more sponsors and we get more sponsors. We get more money. And when we get more money, we can continue doing this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole slew of things. Speaking of, though, support and whatnot, we have a listener story coming up very soon, a listener zone. And we need your stories. Send us your stories. It's all that you got. Yeah. So you can find that and you can actually just email us at winesanddolls at gmail.com. And we are asking for listener stories and wines. So if you have a good old rant that you want to go on, mm-hmm. you can go ahead and write that in. And you know, it's the holidays, my friends. It's, there's a lot to rant there's about. There's a lot to rant about. And it can be about anything. anything. Tell us some, ooh, you know, I want to hear some family stories i want to hear family some f- rants family rants and family fails bring it on i want to hear wines about cast recordings specifically cast recordings okay actually mm-hmm. that and bootlegs Ooh, your favorite bootlegs these are a few of my favorite bootlegs I want to hear those rants and all your stories about, again, like improv fails, masterpieces, fails in shows, audition fails. There's so many things to write There's about. so many fails. Ghost stories. Ghost stories. We love ghost stories. Just send us all of your theater-related stories or your wines about theater, whatever. We're, you, we're happy happy to have your stories. And you can submit those literally on the tab that says submit on winesanddolls at gmail, or on our website at winesanddolls.com, or our, you can email it to us, literally just email it to us at winesanddolls at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. There is a link in show notes. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm Chelsea. I'm Emily. And this has been Wines um, Dolls. Go color your wine. Eat your Thanksgiving turkey through a straw. <laughs>